This is Seattle Hawk Talk with another Seahawk Extra Point podcast. And we are in mourning, wearing black, but we're seeing red over the reasons the Seahawks lost over the weekend to the Chargers. We'll talk about what caused the wheels to fall off in today's Seahawk Extra Point podcast. Well, the win against the Lions in the Motor City here a week or so ago was probably one of the best executed game plans in the history of the Seahawks. And this week at home in front of all of the 12s, God and country, and a large national TV audience, uh, somebody switched the script and we reverted to the game plan of weeks one and two of this season. And we threw the ball all over the yard more than we ran it. Well, you might say Chris Carson was all banged up. Hey, Mike Davis was running at a 4.1 yard average clip. That is all the reason in the world to stay with your winning strategy of running the ball instead of throwing it 39 times, including a pick six. Okay, so uh, Bo 50, whose ass do you want to chew on first? No, that's a difficult question because there's a lot of ass that I want to chew right now. And, you know, if I'm the head, you know, I love Pete for being Pete and, you know, the consummate cheerleader and continuing to just build guys up. But there are moments as adults that, you know, some people just need their ass chewed. And this week, you know, yeah, there's a little shoddy chewing that needs to take place because, you know, Mike Davis averaging 4.1 yards a carry does, you know, and obviously – to the eye test, uh, you and I have both talked about it during the game, you could see that they went away from the run. It wasn't just that they, you know, statistically didn't run it. You could watch them actually go away from the run in the game plan and start to throw the ball all over the yard because they were, you know, they were down by a possession and it looked like they were starting to get a little nervous. And then they started to, you know, put it onto the shoulders of Russell Wilson and welcome to the spotlight once again, Russ. We gave you props for being special and having a perfect game last week. And, you know, even according to your head coach, this was not that. I mean, the amount of time that that human being held on to the ball, uh, it, it, it was a joke. It, it's not even professional. Uh, Russ, play the damn game plan. You know, throw, throw the ball on time, throw the route that's open. Uh, don't worry about hitting a home run every freaking time. There's a lot of ass to be chewed, and a lot of it has to do with Shoddy and Russ this week, I think. To the point of uh, sticking with the running game, uh, you know, I understand how you can get wrapped up in the midst of a game. And you could say, okay, uh, gee, here we are at third and seven. I guess we're going to have to throw the ball. And as the game unfolds, there are situational moments when you feel like you've got to do that. But I think the thing that we've talked about in the past is that it's a whole game strategy. It's not just this one set of downs. It's a, it's a strategy that starts in the beginning. And, and part of the strategy is by running the ball in the early part of the game, quite frankly, regardless almost of where you are on the scoreboard, the whole point is, is trying to wear their defense down. So third and fourth quarter, you come out and uh, there's a lot more that's wide open to you. And it, it, it occurred to me that that's kind of what was going on. And once we got two, three minutes into the third quarter, that was the thought that was going through my mind. And they pretty much thrown all the opportunities away at that point. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting concept, and it's something that just occurred to me, is especially because you like playing chess so much. And, you know, when you're playing chess, you're not so much playing the game as much as you are playing the person that's across from you, those in poker and a lot of other things. 
And it looks as though this, or I mean, you know, we're only eight games into the season, but that's, you know, the halfway point. And eight games into the season, it, it would appear that if, if the opposing coaching staff can get into Schottenheimer's head and get him out of his game, which should be a physical run game, it turns this team into a very one-dimensional. And, and quite frankly, I don't believe that Russell Wilson is anywhere near the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Phil, even Philip Rivers uh, level of quarterback. And he just can't be trusted, I don't think, to bail you out uh, based on his arm. And so far this season, the win-loss column and how many times we've thrown it in those losses agrees with my statement. So, uh, you know, there and there's a lot of props, and, and it just bugs the shit out of me that, you know, you see this ball that Russell threw in between two defenders in the end zone, and thank God it turned out good, but that ball should never be thrown, number one. Number two... A pick six, Russ, that's not $35 million money. And, you know, this is the second one in a season, and both of them have looked pretty terrible. So when you come looking for $35 million, believe that the coaching staff and general manager is going to have stuff like this queued up. And the ball that he threw in the end zone between two defenders, yeah, fortunately, Nick Vanette was there and made a great catch. But to the point, oftentimes, and, and I think really even in this game, the camera for the national uh, uh, TV crew actually caught it. Uh, you know, and if you could have just freeze-framed that one moment, I believe it was in the third quarter, uh, where Russ is looking off a receiver that is wide open, directly in front of him for, what, eight-yard gain or something like that? Uh, give him an extra three yards for yards after the catch? Uh, probably first down. He looked him off. Looked him off on that one. He throws the one. Fortunately, Vanette catches it for a touchdown. But right between two defenders, that that could have turned out ugly instead of good. And on the pick six, you looked at that and you thought to yourself, what was he throwing to? The receiver wasn't even really in position to catch the ball where he threw it. Now, it's one thing if somebody jumps the ball and gets a pick. That's that's one thing. That's great defensive play. And But in this particular case, I you know, the possible receiver that was in the area was, I don't know, four or five yards off the ball? Yeah, it wasn't even. I mean, the pick six was an absolute horrible throw. Even... Brock Heward is talking to that point and just saying that, you know, this is an easy read and one that a seasoned veteran like Russell Wilson, who's going to come looking for money this offseason, uh, that's not a that's not a throw that he needs that's a he needs to make a better read. That's the bottom line. And you know, I, I, I guess I need to get off of chewing Russell's ass, you know, move over to the defense a little bit because, you know, they played a part in this loss as well. Uh, albeit, uh, I believe, a smaller part. But still, you know, I, I just don't want this to turn into me berating Russell Wilson, who is Santa Claus in Seattle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but there's, there's a significant portion of this game that I put on Russell's shoulders. Between him making errant throws uh, and, you know, in taking too much time in the pocket, uh, it, it was it was just a mess of a game from an offensive standpoint for me. I desperately want them to lean on defenses by doing that powerful bully ball that we can play and that we just for some reason chose to get away from. So let's you know talking about the defense just a touch. It's interesting, and I told you this yesterday that Bobby Wagner to me was the only guy in the Seattle Seahawks squad as a whole, both sides of the ball, that really deserves any kind of recognition and props, because that man was playing outside of his mind. 
he was all over the field. He was thumping people. He was great in coverage. Uh, he, he was exactly, he played to the level that you expect Bobby Wagner to play at and even above it. He was a master. Outside of that, where was the interior pressure that we were, we were talking about this last podcast? Yeah, Frank Clark, you got one sack in the game, and come on, man. Other than that, you, did, you didn't see Phillip Rivers under kind of any duress or even any kind of pressure. You let Phillip Rivers be comfortable in a pocket, and some of that, again, has to lie on Norton's shoulders for you know, not dialing up more pressure. Absolutely thinking the exact same thing. I was sitting there thinking to myself, how many times did I actually see – you know, a blitz package put in there, and I don't know that it was, I don't know if it was more than, what, four, five, maybe? And yeah, it was incredibly disappointing from that standpoint. We talk about it uh, and have been talking about it fairly frequently, especially down this stretch where we're going to face some really good quarterbacks. And Philip Rivers, even though I don't personally like him, I don't think he's that good. You let Philip Rivers sit back in the pocket, he's going to beat you. Just torched us. Yeah, and for a defense that was you know, supposed to have the coming out party, apparently you guys forgot the fact that you needed to play the game and play the game physically, and play the game emotionally charged like you do so many times. They, they look flat. Yeah. And the other thing is, our home record is abhorrent this year. Our home field advantage is non-existent. That in itself, as a 12, is distressing. Home field advantage has always been a thing for us here in Seattle. And God bless America, boys. You're, you're letting opponents come into your house and beat the crap out of you. That's embarrassing. Kind of where I'm at with that today is I'm, I'm, I'm just embarrassed. I think we're better than that. Well, I'm feeling a little uh, sheepish and mainly embarrassed by the fact that, uh, you know, we we thought going into this game, and I mean our pregame uh, podcast on this thing, you know, we're, uh, we're pretty jazzed up and thinking, all right, we finally got this thing put together. Look what we did last week. Yeah. <laughs> And then we come out and turn in this stinko performance. Now, you know, some some people are going to lay it on a couple of injuries. They're going to say, well, you know, well, Carson, you know, he, he had his issues with his hips. It, it tightened up and they pulled him out of the game. McDougal comes out of the game. People are going to say, well, you know, some key injuries. and uh, But no, no, not buying that. Back to the offensive side of the ball for just a second. The point that we have made that that you championed from the beginning was ball control is really important, especially when you're playing somebody like Phillip Rivers. The best way to beat him, keep him off the field. So I I look at it in in a two-prong situation. First of all, hey, you know, there's some of these third downs where you can't drop the ball. It's right in your hands. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. We're paying you a bunch of money. Uh, those are the ones. And and you know what? A lot of times, uh, and I thought this during the game, a lot of times that has to do with focus. Moore gets targeted 15 times, catches what, one or two of them? Uh, that's a focus issue. Uh, you know, un- unless we're missing something totally. I mean, if he's, you know, passing a gallstone, uh, okay, you know, we're going to give it to you. But then you shouldn't be in the game. And those third downs keep the clock rolling, keep Phillip Rivers off, and that combined with more blitz packages, particularly against the passer that is very efficient in the pocket, that's part of the game strategy, and that was missing. When you throw the ball 39 times versus the week before when you beat the crap out of the Lions by running it 37 times, 
I don't know. Something's wrong with that picture. The other thing that we haven't spoke about yet and is about to, you know, I've tried to desperately stay off of this train because I try to develop my own opinion and I try to give rookies the opportunity to go in and develop. But to say that I'm disappointed with our first round draft pick would be an understatement. This game, again, shines something that is incredibly depressing and disturbing to me in Rashad Penny. He looks tentative, he looks scared to get hit, and he looks like he's avoiding contact rather than being as physical as, you know, a guy who's 235 pounds should. You look at his, the foot speed, it looks like he's wearing ankle weights or something around his feet. Look at the difference between, uh, you know, go YouTube a video of Rashad Penny's you know, footwork in, in camp and in practice, and it, and it will blow your mind how fast the kid's feet are. And then you fast forward and you put him into a game situation. It's just it looks slow and sluggish. And oh gosh, on one of the kickoff returns, he literally cringed as he was about to take take a hit instead of going and delivering a blow. This is unnerving. This is a little depressing. And the two point eight average on uh, what was it? Something like eight or ten carries. Right. Uh, that that ain't going to get it done. Part of it is too is that I I, I find myself wondering. Is it that, you know, he looks like that because the A-B comparison between the absolute running with abandon like Mike Davis and Chris Carson do, you know? I mean, you look at that and then switch over to Penny and you go, what's wrong with him? Is it the comparison between the two that makes it so obvious? It, it's got to be the comparison, you know, because I'm with you. It, it, it just has me befuddled that I can't figure out what his problem is, you know? He's... He looks like he's running too upright. He doesn't run behind his shoulder pads. He doesn't run with a forward lane, and he avoids contact and cringes every time he's about to get hit, which causes him to lose, you know, an extra half or even a full yard. So, I don't know, man. You know, watching this kid, you know, hoping that he will develop and see the type of running style that, you know, we were hoping for when we drafted him is just, it's just not appearing. And we're, you know, halfway through the season at this point, this, at this point, you would hope that the kid would have got it, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to get it. So that that one has me pretty depressed because uh, I was hoping for better. Yeah, you know, Mike Davis, though, just I mean, continuing to crush it, and I'm with you. Like it has me scratching my head forty ways to Tuesday why we didn't just hand him the rock twenty five times over the period of this game. Uh, I and and cut out some of that throwing crap because you know thirty nine times of throwing the ball. Uh, obviously isn't the way to do it. We threw it 17 times the last game, and Russ had the same amount of yards, but threw it more accurately uh, and, and, and more efficiently. Um, the game plan going forward for the rest of the season really has to highlight the, the play-action pass game, and that is built and predicated on a heavy dose of run. So, you know, hope to see that going forward because that's what we designed this thing for. Well, and when you're popping 4.1 yards average, there's no excuse to go away from it because that is what's winning games for you. Okay, let's look ahead because we can carry on with the display of our disappointment until the cows come home, but uh, we got to look forward to next week and figure out what we got to do with this whole thing. And I think this week, in a lot of ways, the game plan is the same that it should have been for playing the Chargers, and that is is to uh, control the ball, run it on the ground, 
and keep them off the field. And I mean, it's not just a matter of golf, uh, to your point, of him throwing darts to everybody. That was on display again this past weekend. But I mean, you got Todd Gurley you got to deal with too. Best way to deal with both of them is to keep them off the field. I mean, that's got to be this week's game plan. And you don't do that throwing the ball 39 times. You do it by running the ball 35-plus times. Yeah, this is a tough draw for the Seahawks this week. I mean, we're going down to the Rams, and the Rams are coming off a lot. So they're going to be looking to make a change and, you know, make a statement coming out of a loss and do it at home and do it pretty decisively. So I'm looking for the Rams to be incredibly motivated going into this game and right. with their home field advantage. It's going to be it's a tough draw coming off a loss and a tough loss. Uh, now you got to play that mentality of let the last play be the last play and moving on. It's going to be a tough emotional moment for this, this young team. Well, it'll be a learning moment. I mean, you know, absolutely, you got to leave the last play behind you. You can't go replay it. You replay it on TV, but you can't replay it on the field. And that's one of the toughest things to do. I mean, obviously, particularly for a young guy. There's enough veteran talent on this team, you know, to rally the troops and uh, and and get everybody back on the same page. And that, I guess, is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a week of practice that really kind of kicks everybody in the butt. Uh, really hoping that this Chris Carson issue is just kind of a game time thing that happened over the weekend and you know, a couple of days of rest, you're going to put him back right again because doggone that's a big loss but again to our point if mike davis is going to continue to run at 4.1 yard average there's just no excuse to go to the pass game there really is no excuse and you know we need to get back to the game plan that has taken us you know and made us look like a a, a, a playoff contender uh, and that is like physical bully ball on both sides of the ball and keep on pounding it no matter what the score says. You know, this could be a valuable experience, too, going down the road, you know, looking at, you know, maybe a playoff run. And I know it's, you know, a little early and, you know, we're a long shot for the wild card. But um, these are the moments where you can truly gain some incredibly powerful lessons for a young team like that. Character building is never fun. It always hurts. (laughs) And that's what's going on this week. All right, that's another Seattle Seahawk Extra Point podcast. Go check out the website. We'll probably do some podcasting this week as we continue to be pissed for the next few days. Go check us out at seattlehawktalk.com. Go Seahawks!